Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of the Clone Arcade Podcast. This week's topic, how 401k plan providers shouldn't be like uh, certain 401k plan providers. Uh, but of course, first things first, uh, this episode of course drops on Fridays, a week from uh, the drop of this episode. We will be live in St. Louis at Bush Stadium. I got the... Uh, Cardinals tickets on my phone. Uh, we will have that 401k conference. Special guest, the Mad Hungarian, Al Roboski. Uh, you know, we are going on with these events live for September. Uh, these are rescheduled dates. So September 10th, we will be at Bush Stadium. Um, you know, I know that uh, Missouri uh, is, a, is a haven for the Delta variant, but we will move on. I know that there's an indoor mask uh, order for St. Louis. We will persevere and have that event. Uh, my tickets are booked. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and, you know, we make the best of a certain situation. I think I learned it a long time ago that uh, you can only worry about what you can control. And you can't worry about what you can't control. And unfortunately, this virus has been going on for, you know, 18 months in this country. But I'm fully vaccinated uh, looking forward to my first airplane ride in 18 months with a mask on. Uh, after that, September 24th, we'll be in Minneapolis at Target Field. Tony Oliva will be our special guest. Had the pleasure of meeting Tony uh, about two weeks ago at a baseball card show out here in Long Island. Um, it was our first baseball card show uh, since, I think, January, February of uh, 2020. Uh Tony, you know, I talked to Tony about the event. He, he didn't understand the significance of the event, you know, full 1K plans and whatnot, but I explained uh, what Tony was there for, and I'm looking forward to it. Tony is somebody who I believe within the next couple of years will be in the Hall of Fame, um, along with uh, Dick Allen, my buddy, you know, what do I say, buddy? The guy died a month before I was born. I think Gil Hodges is still not going to make it, but we'll see what happens. And then on a special Wednesday episode, a special Wednesday uh, event, we will be uh, on September 29th in Planet Houston at Minute Maid Park. Uh, special guest, former uh, 86 Astros, 79 Pirates, Astro Manager, Phil Garner. Um, and then on the books, we have a January 21 event, uh, 2022 in Las Vegas at the New York, New York Hotel and Casino, followed by that 401k National Virtual Conference the following week virtually. Uh, go to that 4 ksitecom for further information on all our events. Um, so, talk about this week's topic. Um, when I first started out on LinkedIn, I talked about the experiences of working in the TPA business, and I think people, you know, took my comments and my views about fee disclosure and revenue sharing as someone anti-TPA which it's not true. Uh, I don't think I dwell on the negative, but, you know, I, I do enjoy disaster movies. I do enjoy talking about airplane uh, crashes and, and whatnot. Um, and when I look at plan providers, you know, most of the ones are great. Are great. It's the outliers that are fascinating. It's the plan providers who are unprofessional, uh, they stand out because they are not the norm. The norm in this business are plan providers who do a good job. 
you know, plant providers all make mistakes. I've made mistakes. Um, I still harp about a mistake I made when I was, you know, I think one or two years in the business dealing with short plan years, and I've never forgot, forgiven myself for that mistake, and I've never made that mistake again. Um, bad plan providers or, you know, the, the unprofessional plan providers, you know, they stand out, and that's why I always kind of focus on them and talk about it. You know, it's a, it, it brings back to a... Uh, a Chris Rock routine in, in the um, comedy special Bring the Pain, which to me is one of the greatest uh, comedy shows of all time. Um, you know, if you ever watch it, I think that that's the comedy special that really made Chris Rock that stand-up star. You know, he was on SNL. I don't think he was used well. Uh, but Bring the Pain, I think it came out in 97, was one of the greatest stand-up specials I've ever seen. You know, something up there with, you know, likes of George Carlin. You know, obviously today in comedy, uh, I think Dave Chappelle is certainly at the top. But uh, Chris Rock had a routine, and I don't want to get into it. Uh, you know, it's 2021. It's not uh, time-friendly. But, you know, he was talking about people trying to get credit for things they're supposed to do, and it's like, I take care of my kids, you know, it's like, I take care of my kids, and the problem is, you know, as Chris Rock says, you're supposed to take care of your kids, and, you know, when I talk about bad plan providers, um, you know, the idea is, you know, you're supposed to be a good plan provider, you know, uh, I, I think there was a joke, maybe, there was a joke, I, my uncle owned, you know, my uncle made his money uh, through his father's uh, cap company, dealing with uh, caps, uh, military caps these days. Uh, but back in the 70s, they did caps for McDonald's and Pizza Hut, but now they're all military caps. Um, and because of another uncle, they, they decided to go into the uh, indoor amusement park business. And... I think the thing that the idea was they failed miserably because the the uh, idea was that the only people who made money in that business were thieves, uh, which is a nice way of, uh, you know, copping out. But, you know, I think that uh, you don't have to be a thief in this business. I don't think you have to be unprofessional in this business. Um, I think you have to be decent. You know, the idea of uh, treating people uh, the way you want to be treated, I think that that's a... Uh, an idea that I have had, for the most part, part works. Uh, you know, sure, I could charge people for, you know, every question they ask me, but, you know, I think you have to understand that this is a relationship-driven business, and you have to, you know, be professional, because otherwise people will remember you. And, you know, this is kind of my way of spilling tea on some of the things that I've seen over the years, and I Spilling tea is like a new thing. I think in 2020 I learned what spilling the tea was, and uh, I don't really care for that phrase. Uh, but uh, here we are. I have a rationale that if you break something, you pay for it. It's like if you go to that gift shop, and you know, I was uh, last week. I uh, was on vacation for the first vacation, you know, traveling in, in 18 months, and we went to the uh, Windy City. You know, and on the way there, uh, we always will, you know, outside of New York, we'll go to Cracker Barrel because 
New York City, Long Island area, there are no Cracker Barrels. Went to Cracker Barrel in Mar Mount Arlington, New Jersey, which is always the stop on, you know, when you're going I-80 West. And, you know, Cracker Barrel was very disappointed because everything that I've liked on the menu, they've removed. Uh, thanks to COVID, a lot of the um, food establishments have removed uh, menu items to cut back on the number of ingredients that they use. So, for example, that's why when my kids want to go to McDonald's, I eat nothing because they remove the salads from the menu. So, you go to Cracker Barrel, they didn't have the Reuben anymore. Even the breakfast that I like, eggs in a basket, they don't have that anymore. But anyway, Cracker Barrel's got a gift shop. Uh, a lot of, you know, as they say, where I come from, a lot of tchotchkes. Um, and if you go to that store and you break something, you know, you're expected to pay for it. Um, you really can't expect a gift store to pay for it. But there are plant providers out there who make mistakes and want to charge the clients extra for it. You know, uh, I worked at a, at a, at a union side law firm for less than a year. And, you know, I no, I don't talk about it much uh, just because it was not, the, it was just not, not something to talk about. I, I didn't like work until two o'clock in the morning when I had two infants at home and it was just not the right fit, especially when dealing with union pension plans. But anyway, there was an ERISA attorney working for years on a pension plan. The plan was in existence before ERISA came to, into effect in 1976. Um, and uh, the ERISA attorney had drafted the past two restatements of this defined benefit plan. So when the actuary reviewed the previous plan documents, they saw a whole host of issues that need to be fixed in the current plan document. Some issues dating back to previous restatements that the attorney worked on. Uh, rather than fixing the plan document, through a plan amendment and waiving the fee, the ERISA attorney charged $30,000 for the plan amendment. $30,000. Uh, that's like, you know, me drafting 12, uh, you know, cycle three restatements. That's a lot of uh, shekels, as I say. Um, you know, when I saw that fee, you know, I... I, I reconsidered I said you know maybe that whole idea about flat fees uh, maybe uh, you know you need to sec you know take a second look at it but you know I, I don't like the billable hour I um, I just think that it's a license to uh, overcharge clients and that's why except for a plan audit I don't I don't deal with it but I come from the school that if you cause an error or you make a mistake you shouldn't have the 401k plan sponsor for it um, you know, sure, 401k plan sponsors might, you know, pay to fix the error because you tell them they, they need to and they don't know otherwise. But, you know, honestly, you know, as a plan provider, you have to sleep at night, uh, know that you didn't take advantage of people. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, you have to realize what you did. And uh, the problem is, is if you ever got fired and the other plan provider takes over and realizes your error or realizes that you charged for that error, uh, the word's going to come out of what you did. And the reputation that you have in this business means everything. And uh, I think that if you charge plant providers for mistakes you made, that's a problem. So I don't think that you should be a, like a plant provider like that. Um, next, you know, if you get fired, it's, it's not personal. Um, I always talk about it uh, now that Howie Rose is uh, Howie Rose is the Mets radio announcer. 
for years. Before that, he was a uh, Mets um, interview person on WFAN, which was the sports radio that carried the Mets back in the day. And he was interviewing Davey Johnson, I think it was in 1988 or 89. And a Mets fan called the WFAN show and asked Davey, Davey, is it true that you're hired to be fired? I love the question because over time I realized that it stood for the proposition that no matter what, any business relation is going to end one way or the other. As a retirement plan provider, your place in the retirement plan industry isn't infinite. Talk to all the TPAs that are out of business uh, through their own volition, their own stupidity, or because they got bought out by somebody else. Uh, things may happen. And, uh, you know, on the client side, uh, things may happen as well. Uh, the client may go out of business. The client may be purchased by somebody else. Um, maybe it's a sole proprietor and the sole proprietor died. Uh, and a lot of times you get fired because, you know, again, the company goes out of business or sometimes the client will fire you because they were, you know, brought, you know, bought out or there was a new decision maker that wanted a change or they wanted a change for a cheaper fee or, you know, their payroll provider convinced the client, you know, convinced them that the TPA, uh, you know, was a great idea, you know, whatever it is, uh, your relationship with a particular client isn't going to last forever. It will end at some time. So, you know, if you get fired, it's not personal. Like they said in The Godfather, it's not personal. It's strictly business. I've been fired before. Um, you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, sponsors of one of the upcoming events fired me. Why'd they fire me? Not because I didn't do a good job, but because they got bought out by somebody. And they wanted to cut expenses. And my $500 a month fee was one of the expenses. Um, I didn't take it personally. I knew it was coming. Anytime a company gets bought out by another, there's a change. Uh, I just had a client where the top decision maker was clipped, um, not for unprofessionalism, but because of a power struggle. Does that mean I can be terminated at any time? That's possible, but I will not take it personally. It's strictly business. How you handle being clipped says a lot about you as a business professional in the retirement plan industry. If you handle it with class, people are going to remember that. If you hand it, handle it like you do, you know, like a like a, a child does. Uh, some of the parents in my local school district, people will remember that far greater. Uh, if there is a transition between you and the succeeding plan provider. There are many times where you are the succeeding plan provider and how you deal with competing plan providers is going to be remembered if you act unprofessionally. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you have a lot of good plan providers who are very attentive until they get fired and then all of a sudden they take it personally and they, you know, treat the client as if they were admitted into the witness protection program. Uh, it's not personally when you get fired. You need to maintain your professionalism. Um, you know, administrative and termination costs, I've talked about that of, of late. Um, that's something that I know that the Department of Labor is certainly looking at. 
next, uh, don't fire a client because they're not happy with your work. Um, I was contacted by a plant sponsor not too long ago. Um, their advisor told them to change their investments, namely uh, the use of a stable value fund. Unfortunately, through the stable value fund change, there was a market value adjustment that the advisor was unaware of. And not wanting to disappoint the plant sponsor about it, the advisor offered to pay the cost of that market value adjustment. When the advisor found out that uh, the cost was like thirty or forty thousand dollars, the advisor started what we call today ghosting the client. In my time, we would just say the word ignoring, but ghosting is, sounds so much better. And eventually, the, fired the plan sponsor as a client. You know, you should fire clients if in their way of doing your job, such as if you're a TPA, if they're providing, uh, they're not providing the census information, or if you're an advisor and they don't want to meet up with you. If they get in the way of you trying to do your job, that's when you got to can them. But you shouldn't fire them simply because they aren't happy with your work. Um, you know, I, I just got hired by a, a T, uh, by a client dealing with a TPA that consistently got the new comparability allocations wrong. Um, TPA uh, consistently made errors every year. TPA fired them after the client complained about all the errors over the years. Uh, you know... Uh, they always say, you know, and in my life, you got to eliminate the negative people in your life. Um, I had to say goodbye to a friend from college just because I just didn't need his nonsense anymore. Um, he had defriended me on Facebook, and then he tried to reach out to me and become a friend again on Facebook, and I said no. Um, I don't think that, you know, when you when you talk about eliminating negative people in your life, I don't think that extends to clients that are just, you know, negative about your work because your work isn't up to snuff. Next, your contract has to be clear. Um, and again, going back, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, but I enjoy it because it's such a fascinating story and I'm waiting to hear the conclusion from the DOL. But I sometimes I take things personally. And, and, and one of the things I took personally is um, I had a certain TPA um, You know, a certain TPA acted so unprofessionally that uh, the last time I thought about somebody so unprofessional, uh, you know, these are plant providers sitting in federal prison. Uh, I'm the fiduciary of a like $120 million for 1K plan. For certain years, we used a Florida TPA to handle the plan, and uh, it worked well until the, you know, owner of the company sold to another TPA out in Jersey. Uh, and, you know, many of the people that we work with, including the owner of that TPA who brought me on as the fiduciary of this plan, uh, they left. And, you know, again, the, the service was, was lacking. It just, it just went down the tubes. Um, the advisor and I decided to make a change. Um, we're going to keep it at the same platform. Uh, but we're going to change the TPA. Um, the firm, that TPA in particular, they took things personally. 
it uh, that plan was worth about $130,000 annually in fees. Um, he claimed that since we were terminating the plan on February 28, 2021, uh, he didn't have to complete the annual valuation in 2020 Form 5500 because that work would be completed after February 28th. The problem is that the contract that they drafted said that, uh, you know, it's a part of annual services. Um, to me, charging a plan sponsor on an annual fee that doesn't include the valuation in Form 5500 is like selling a car and charging extra for a steering wheel. Uh, I think the contracts have to be clear because the interpretation of vagueness in any contract that you draft is going to be held against you if you draft the contract. Um, what the problem with that TPA in, in demanding um, to be compensated was even if they were right and they were entitled to compensation for doing that valuation and 5500 because that work would have been done in July, um, their uh, proposed fee of $80,000 for evaluation 5500 was excessive and obscene compared to the fact that they were you know, you know, making $130,000 on the plan for the year. Uh, I know that $80,000 does include termination costs. The termination costs, again, in that contract were not clear. Did say that there was a, spe you know, a specificity to about it. There was no formula, such as a per hour charge or an estimate. They wanted a pound of flesh from us uh, because we made a change. Um, I think the you know, uh, the problem with this TPA is, again, I'm the plan fiduciary, um, you know, essentially, you know, the PPP, now the PPP, but essentially a 316 administrator. Um, and what happened was, is this TPA was advertising 316 services as a free thing, and they were contacting our adopting employers, and the advisor got upset about it and, and made mention of that. When they uh, when we decided to terminate the TPA services, um, you know, as a, as a plan fiduciary, you know, the eighty thousand dollars was going to come out of my pocket. It was going to come out of the pocket of plan participants. And you know, I, I you know, as a plan fiduciary, you got a reasonable, you know, you have a duty of care, um, a duty of prudence, and I wasn't going to let the plan participants pay eighty thousand dollars when I knew that that fee was obscene. Uh, I was willing to negotiate. They were not. Um, the TPA was playing hardball. They sent out, uh, I mean, a, uh, I, I still have it, a proposed complaint to the New York Attorney Grievance Committee uh, that, I mean, it, it was so laughable that they either didn't send it or the Attorney Grievance Committee just laughed it out without ever contacting me. Um but the point here is that all contractual terms, including the termination provision uh, and any deconversion fees, should be clear to the plan sponsor. Uh, vague terms and, and charges to punish people that fire you is a bad idea. Again, it's not personal. It's business. Uh, you know, and, and as far as that DOL complaint, I know that dealing with this TPA that, uh, you know, there are multiple complaints out there about it. And I think that that is a topic that not only the DOL, I think that, you know, a lot of the professional organizations 
are going to have to tackle, especially on the TPA side. Um, it's not like Hotel California. You, you can leave a certain TPA and not be punished for it, and that's how I feel. Last but not least, pay your bills. Do your job. Pay your bills. Um, you know, when you're a plant provider, you want your clients to pay your bills. Um, advisor told me years ago, clients that don't pay your bills aren't clients. Only clients. Uh, clients pay bills. People who don't pay bills are not clients. Um, you know, people who don't pay their bills, they're deadbeats who want you to provide free retirement plan work. Um, when dealing with other plan providers, pay their bills. Your reputation means everything, and you'll do very, uh, develop a very poor reputation very quickly if it's known that you don't pay the bills of other plan providers. You know, there are TPAs out there. Um, there's one TPA in particular that changes their name every six months. They change the acronyms from one to a three-digit, a three word acronym to a six, uh, a three-letter acronym to a six-letter acronym just so they could avoid paying fees. As a plan provider, you're dealing with the retirement plan assets of your client, and it's not good for your reputation if you're going to stiff other plan providers. And that's what I feel. Uh, again, you treat people the way you want to be treated, and obviously if you want to get paid, pay other people. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of that 401k podcast. Again, me spilling the tea, even though I hate that remark. Uh, go to that 401ksite.com for further information on all events. St. Louis is next week. Uh, looking forward to that. And looking forward, of course, to the next episode of that 401k podcast. And I hope you can join me. Thanks. Take care.